Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Everyone, I'm sitting here with disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, one of Woo! our largest patron contributors each and every month. Been a patron for a long time now. And, uh, you know, at his level, you get to do your own show. So Mark <laughs> decided he wanted to do Halloween Havoc 93, as you can see in the uh, title of this episode. So with that said, uh, disrespectfully classy marky blassie i do i need to say the whole line or should i just say mr blassie or you tell me what to do man well you know you know what you can mix it up any way you want okay you can say the full name or you you could just say classy blassie i don't care all right I hear you, man. <laughs> you know just as long as everybody else knows who what now wasn't i was the first one right i was that first high Yes. Money Mark to come on. That's right. That's right. Yes. I'm like Andre the Giant. I started the Hall of Fame, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no joke about that. No doubt about that. So, like, um, you were the first uh, high level tier Patreon member. That's right. And then since then, uh, I, Kyle signed on, and then also a gentleman by the name of Mike signed on as well. So, uh, there are three of you, and I am very much appreciative of oh, all yeah. your patronage because like i was telling you right before we started i don't think people realize uh the amount of time we put into it uh whether it's post you know post-production pre-production recording taking notes i mean you experienced it a little with with uh watching this episode of halloween yes. havoc right yes <laughs> <laughs> so so no, I really appreciate it. Now, now, uh, Mr. Blassie, before we get started, I want you to tell because you told me this in email when you first signed up on Patreon. I want you to tell the folks how you found uh, booking the territory because I always like to I always like to hear how people find us since we're not big man. name you know big name folks. Man, no, uh, my my first experience it was through uh, the Jim Cornette experience. That was that was the main link, and and uh, honestly, I was driving on the highway in the backwoods of some part of the Mid-South Territory. And I heard y'all were doing that. And I was like, these are my kind of guys. Because let me, <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you. You guys get professional wrestling, okay? You guys will treat this like a sport and see it through the sports lens. Whereas a lot of other people who do commentary try to be Dave Meltzer. Does that make sense? It does. And I can tell you what we did when we first started. We I think we even tried that 
a little bit, like way back when, when we were covering Raw and SmackDown and a little ROH and Impact. And it kind of evolved over time. We realized, man, this isn't really fun. And then we realized, you know what? We would be better off concentrating on classic stuff when we viewed it as a sport, when we saw yeah. it as a sport. So that's what happened. We we literally started viewing it as the sport that it was and thinking about it from the lens of us as children watching it. I say children because in the, in the 80s, I mean, by 88, the, where we're at right now was Saturday night. I was 13 years old. So mm -hmm. I wasn't just I wasn't a kid anymore. I was a young teenager. But, yeah, I mean, so that's cool, man. I am so glad that you found us. And I am thankful for uh, Mr. Cornette because uh, he's had me on not once but twice, which has been a real treat uh, to be on his show that many times and to talk classic wrestling with somebody with a classic wrestling mind like he does. That's right. That's right. And I will tell you, okay, uh, full disclosure. So um, as I've told you before, I am a doctor in, in my uh, professional life. So uh, everybody out there in, in podcast land, everything I say or do here today does not reflect what I do in my professional life. Okay. I am in my man cave as only I can be. Okay. I got strobe lights and ooh, all <laughs> stuff here, like quagmire type stuff, man. Okay. Family guy type stuff. <laughs> It, <laughs> no, I, I I say all that to say I actually totally lost my train of thought, dude, because I am fucking drunk, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you were you were saying you were saying you're in your you're in your man cave, and you know outside of your professional life, what we talk about here, which I need to say that every week on the show. Yes. It has nothing to do with my professional life. It's got everything to do with just uh, my take on classic wrestling and professional wrestling. And that's it. It's yeah. completely separate from my professional life where the T-Rex just went extinct. Yes. <laughs> and I, and I, let it, I mentioned my man cave because uh, when the opening um, theme to the show was the Midnight Express theme, which to me is still the greatest theme for any fucking wrestler to ever come out to, I used to turn on my damn lights as the beat was going on and shit, right? And then for whatever reason, you know, maybe it would be the spirit that was in my glass at the time. I would just start doing that weird strut like Jimmy Govin would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I had somebody doing my hair and shit, even though I just have, like, I have a balding afro, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey man whatever 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 gets you through it but no i you've told me about the man cave before um an uh, email and whatnot so uh it sounds very impressive and like you said you like to mellow out you turn on the video reviews of what we do and it's just a good time as you relax and uh and have a sip of of whatever you drink what, what you know what i drink at this point what, what's your uh what's your main uh drink that you like oh so, variety. I'm I'm, I'm a rum guy, and right now I'll tell everybody, uh, especially the folks living in New Orleans, I am drinking old New Orleans rum, crystal rum, mixed with a little Dr. Pepper. All right, I am pouring another glass right now. Because, sir, now I am actually on vacation for the rest of the week. So, woo! I had a feeling that's why you wanted to do it this week. I said, I bet you he's going right. on vacation. Damn right. Damn right. Hey, I, don't, I don't I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you at all. All right. Well, uh disrespectfully classy Marky Blasty. Let's let's get into this thing. So uh we are sitting here and we're gonna do a review of Halloween Havoc nineteen ninety three. 
And the reason Mr. Blassie here chose this is because, and tell me if I get anything wrong, you were there, you were in New Orleans at the Lakefront Arena, a building I've been to more times than I can remember uh, because I grew up in Gentilly, uh, not that close to the lake, though. I was closer to I-10, where I-10 and Ah. 610 meet. So, but I know where, I mean, I could have caught the bus to Lakefront Arena. Uh, It was a straight shot right up, um, you know, Franklin Avenue. So I say all that to say, uh, you were here that night, Halloween Havoc 93. And when we were getting started a second ago, you were like, man, this was a hard watch. Um, Right, right. (laughs) Dude, bro. Okay, so let me give you this perspective. This is what happened. So I lived over, you remember where the old Joellen Smith Hospital was? on General Meyer and Algiers. So I lived in that part of town, okay? Okay. My grandmother and uncle, mind you, my uncle was about 22, 23 at this time. And he was a like a fucking tape trader and shit, okay? So he was hardcore. But nigga was on the struggle, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> so he, he actually got tickets because my mom gave him money for the tickets. And, and she was like, if you go, then you got to take your nephew. Okay. Oh, my God. First and foremost with this pay-per-view, we missed the first two fucking matches on this pay-per-view, dude. These are the first times I'm seeing these shits. <laughs> <laughs> dude, what I say, what I say, bruh, we were somewhere like in Little Woods. Out, out New Orleans East, bruh, uh, at somebody's house for about a good 45 minutes to an hour. I don't know what the fuck my uncle was doing. I don't know if he was just getting hoes. What? I was just getting antsy because I wanted to see some fucking Cactus Jack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you miss, so that means you missed, and that's that's amazing because like I remember this pay-per-view you missed Harlem Heat, uh, yes. which were Kane and Cole at the time and not Booker right. and Stevie Ray yet. And the Equalizer versus the Shockmaster, Ice Train and Charlie Norris, which, by the way, I'm sure you'll agree in my notes as I was watching this, this um, Booker was working, but the crowd kind of <laughs> was dead during a lot of this. Would you we agree? Were. Yo. Yo, that 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 whole crowd. That it, well, if you notice, they'll say the jam packed arena. There, it's so empty. Like that lakefront arena is so damn empty. I don't even remember it being that empty, but I was so damn starstruck, right? Because I was at a damn pay per view that I didn't care. But looking at this, it was like, ooh. And this this was your this this was your first this was your first paper this was your first wrestling event, right? Right. Right, because the yeah. only thing the only thing I would see is like clips of like house shows and shit that my uncle would have. But yeah, I've never ever been. And then after this, I went to a WCW house show. And then after that, I didn't go to another show because uh, you know it was on the grind and stuff like that in high school and all that and, until like 2000 SmackDown at like the damn arena. I got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, see, see, like, um, I could tell you, I didn't go to any wrestling during during the early '90s. Uh, anything I went to would have been in the the mid '80s. So, 
uh, I, I probably, you know, I, I don't remember seeing this live. I remember seeing this sometime after the fact on on like a VCR. Somebody had a tape of it, and that's where I would have seen this. Uh, because like I've said on the show many a times, man, we, we ain't had no money for pay-per-views. And I did have a neighbor and uh, a cousin across the street who we would get the pay-per-views on, you know, the old the old boxes that Cox Cable had in New Orleans. So they had to hook up on on the box, you know, with the little filter in it or whatever. And oh yeah. yeah, so that so that's how I got some of my wrestling pay-per-views. But this one I don't remember watching live if I if my memory is correct. So um, what's funny about this match is, you know, unless you got something else, I'm just gonna say. The Shockmaster, he's got Booker or Cole, as he was known at this time, in a bear hug. And then he slams him and pins him. And the crowd kind of does react at the very end. But for the most part, they just weren't really into this thing. So uh, did you have anything else from that match? No, no. No, not at all. Because the only thing I really picked up from the whole beginning of that was the fact that Tony Schiavone, this should be called Halloween Havoc colon like Tony Schiavone doesn't give a shit about <laughs> WCW <laughs> like well, like that dude had no energy at all which made Jesse look like he was trying to keep it together the whole damn pay-per-view <laughs> I thought um I it was funny watching this back and listening to Schiavone and Jesse because like I'll never associate Jesse with WCW even though he was eventually you know even though he was obviously there but I don't know, man. It's like when I think about Jesse, I just never think of WCW. I always think about him being announcer and commentator for uh, WWF. So it was right. kind of, uh, it's you know, it's, to me, it's always weird listening to Jesse and Tony. Um, but Jesse was all right. I, I'm, I'm not complaining. Let me say that. So Well, the best right. line he had, no, did, did you see, I think at some point, I don't know if it was in the beginning or somewhere in here, he uh, said, I'm Bourbon Street's uh, best gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> And one, I think that's funny from a medical standpoint, but two, what was even funnier is that like <laughs> nobody got it, but like two people around that little camera area. And that was the funniest part about it. And Tony was one of them. That guy. <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. Where were you sitting at for the show? Were you down low or, okay. or up high? I was up high. So I was on the side of, uh, if you look at the, if you're looking from the stage, I was parallel to the stage and maybe to the right, like in that high riser bleacher section. Gotcha. Okay. You know, but there what? Here's the thing: there was no, there were so many empty seats though that I don't remember. I just remember running around with other kids, and they were letting us do it. Yeah, you, you know? can't. I will say this: that it's hard to really tell that there's a lot of empty seats from the shots that they show. But if you know the Lakefront Arena like we do you would know that that upper level didn't really have a lot in it. it it's you can't, yeah. I will say this. It's kind of hard to tell on the video, at least, you know, if you just don't know the building, but uh, it doesn't shock me. And I wanted to look it up, but I didn't even look up what the attendance was for this thing. Oh, it's probably, yeah. Yeah. It was probably less than Walker's graduation, dude. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, the, the, <laughs> arena, the oh, Perry Walker, the arena, the arena can only hold like 7,000 for wrestling. So, right. I mean, if you have forty five hundred in there, that probably is is a lot. But again, I don't I don't know. And Lord knows how much they papered it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But yet again, it's not like that place at that point. Uh, didn't UFC start around that time? Because they were probably one of the more consistent things that went near the damn Lakefront Arena. 
Uh, and, and they were still, and I think they probably had some box in there too. They 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 were doing um, they they were doing a few other things there. But yeah, um, that would have been the only other like thing close to wrestling would be uh probably the UFC and and boxing and whatnot. But yeah, um, uh, you know, and I've been to UNO games there, and man, it was uh pretty empty back then during UNO. Games, yeah, I yeah. Much. I mean, they had that one season of glory with the women. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> it is UNO. It is UNO. Whoever graduated from UNO, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna talk. I, I graduated kid. from. <laughs> I kid. I kid. I went to a small fucking school, Northwestern State University. Nacklish, what up? I, what? I'm about to say, man. I, I went to. <laughs> I graduated from Nickel State, so I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> oh, my best friend graduated from there. Fuck y'all and your NSU shit. We're the real NSU. All right. <laughs> uh, I hear that. All right. So the so the second match you missed would have been Paul Orndorff with the Assassin. Versus yes. Ricky Steamboat. Now Yoshi hey, Kwan. Wait, let's was, stop for a second. Let's go back. Wait, do you Okay, go ahead. That 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 Terry Taylor promo, me and the special guest referee in Rick Rude versus uh Rick Flair. Did you see that promo? Where Eric take, Bischoff is in a fucking Confederate army? Yes. Yes. We're get, like Jesus. Like ah, uh, you know what this did to me, Mike? Look, I'm sorry to go on the soapbox, but <laughs> <laughs> this is in the era of David Duke, okay? And yeah, oh, that's if, right. Yeah, if anybody doesn't know, David Duke, if you saw Black Klansman or whatever, has been a high-ranking official in the Ku Klux Klan. And so he actually won a fucking political election. And I remember yeah. <laughs> that. And I remember, like, kids saying, oh, but that was in his past. Like, he's fucking 80 years old. Like, dude, he said nigger <laughs> a lot of times. And guess what? Fuck him. All right. But, you know, hey, love you, Louisiana. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get political, but I remember the governor's election that he was uh, running. And I was like, man, we got a choice. We got a choice between him and a dude who robs the state. With right. Edwards. Right. What the <laughs> fuck, man? Ah. You got to love our boys and girls in the sandbox in Baton Rouge, man. Like, Jesus, <laughs> that shit is cows of cards type shit right there. Dude. I remember my mom going. Who the shit am I supposed to vote for? Because I wasn't old enough to vote just yet at that point. But yes, uh, that yeah, that was that was some crazy stuff with uh, Bischoff in in that interview. So yeah, you're right. We had that interview, and the thing was, Terry Taylor is the guest referee for Flair versus Rude. That's coming up later on. So uh, that's what that's what that was about. He was one of the referees because there was two. Yeah, and it's like who cares? You know what I'm saying? And he gave the corniest uh, uh, promo. Like nobody likes Terry Taylor. Let's let's get that straight, okay? Dude, I, I, I would have played it, but it was so bad. It was, there was nothing good about it to play. It was bad. Yeah, I don't even remember that being into the build of the show. The only thing I remember in the build to this show was fucking Cactus Jack, and he was putting on the Texas Death Match, and I think he was adding like Falls Town anywhere and shit. And I thought somebody was gonna die because <laughs> Cactus Jack Invader, when I was a kid, terrified the fuck out of me. All right, and I thought somebody was gonna die, dude. Like for real, <laughs> you know, I was a little marked. Yeah, I was getting marked. Like no, Jesus, it it, it reminded it reminded me of like um, it's hard to compare it because I was younger and I saw it a little bit differently. But it reminded me of like the lights out matches that Dog would have with like Butch Reed or somebody in the, in the dome. You know what I mean? Oh. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it just yeah. Was, yeah. 
Yeah, but we're we gonna get to it, and and let's run through the rest of this. But I want you to talk a lot about that match okay. because they were throwing some live rounds. If you ask me, in that match, it was it was crazy. Oh fuck yeah, fuck yeah. yes. <laughs> so, uh, Paul Orndorff with the assassin uh, versus Ricky Steamboat. The way this thing goes down is Steamboat goes over the top to the outside when the ref's back is turned. They gotta go old school. The assassin loads his mask mm-hmm. and headbutts Steamboat in the back of the head as Steamboat's on the outside, and then Steamboat ends, ends up getting counted out. I actually, I know you weren't there yet because you missed the first two matches. I kind of, I like this one. I like the old school nature of it. You mm-hmm. know, they did the, they did a messed up finish. You know, a fuck finish basically. And at the end of the day, you could always come back to it because there was really no clear winner. So, uh, but right. I thought, they, I thought they worked hard. And this was, and actually re-watching this, and I think the trend of the show, because that six-man tag to me was a good opener, and I feel like the show started going off the rails like midway through, and I really pointed out uh, in a couple of matches, but this match right here proves to me, when I was a kid, like one of the things that glued me onto wrestling was, I don't know if it was a Saturday night or a Class of Champions, but I remember Paul Orndorff going against the Great Muda. And that shit, like, captivated me as a kid, you know? And watching this today, I had that same feeling. Like, you know, even though Ricky Steamboat was fucking goofy and his dragon gimmick he carried over from WWF, like, they went at it, and it was a time where wins and losses mattered. Like, I remember when a count-out was, like, a big fucking deal. You yeah. know? And that's, what, and that's what was good about watching this. Even though it's, like, shit production value, like, that storytelling is there in some of these earlier matches. But yet again, it just starts going off the rails <laughs> as the night goes yeah. on. Yeah, they, they were, like I said, this finish, the best part about it was uh, they, they were, it was really old school where Steamboat, I mean, because... I mean, if you did this today, I think people would want to burn down the building. They'd be like, ah, this bullshit. But, you know, that was kind of, to me, part of the beauty of things back then. You could do this. And, again, if you finish a match like this, the the best part about it is you can always come back to these two. And the other part about this match I want to mention uh, as we talk about the finish, man, they were throwing some chops on each other. And and Steve would throw some chops. (laughs) You know, he was was like Norndorf up a few times. Yeah, and it's you know what, it, like my chest was hurting watching that shit. Yeah, you know, because this one, the Vader match, and did you notice in the Dustin versus Austin match? Yes, like they were laying it in, dude. Yes, <laughs> like they, God damn. <laughs> they they were putting it on each other. Uh, one other thing for this match, and then we'll go to the next one with Davy Boy Smith and Steve Regal. Uh, the assassin's mask, uh, his face is coming out of the mask because he was so fat. Uh, <laughs> when he was trying to gimmick it up like that shit was like, <laughs> this is like i mean no i don't mean to disrespect the man but it it just was like man he was so big at that point like he just his his fat rolls were just protruding out of the mask uh, you so see how you I said just, that just now you see how you said that just it's it's okay it's okay to say that because you you know if you're disrespectful you just got to be classy with it and that's and that's classy you know it's just protruding a little bit you're just trying to help that out you're trying to help the assassin out okay that's true that's true (laughs) (laughs) um so the next match we go to we got david boy smith versus steve regal for the uh tv title 
And the, uh, the, the last... The last match had a lot of stuff outside the ring. This one had a lot of stuff inside the ring. Uh, what did you did you have anything from it? Oh my god! So this is this, this was my second favorite match, and this is why. So guys, listening out there, okay, this is how good psychology is. I got into WWF wrestling because I followed Ric Flair, okay, and the thing that kept me on WWF was fucking Bret Hart, okay? And to this day, he is my absolute favorite wrestler of all time, okay? So you can kind of see the guys I like, like Ric Flair. You want to know what's ironic? I've never said, I don't think I've ever said this on BTT. I can't say Bret is my favorite, but he's but he's top two for me, top yeah. two or three. Yeah. I love Bret. So, so, yeah, and I love just that good grappler wrestler who, even though undersized, like Ric Flair passed the you can beat the shit out of my dad test, okay? And watching SummerSlam 92, which was one of the first big pay-per-views I was actually able to watch live, right? Or whatever the fuck WWE was taped or whatever. That match between him and British Bulldog, the psychology of that, I thought the British Bulldog was the baddest motherfucker on the planet, okay? And then he jumped ship here. I thought he was going to be WCW champ or some shit like that at some point. So this match right here, I was so looking forward to it because I hated fucking Steven Regal. Okay. Yeah. Hated him to death because, and it was like go away heat, like that X-Pac heat, like one night in China heat. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to be involved with it. So I wanted this nigga to come in and just slam the shit out of him, get that fucking TV <laughs> title, and then go fucking get that fucking big gold belt, man, and that little shitty WCW heavyweight championship. You know what I'm saying? Fuck, this match was good, though. Because William Regal, during this match, made me hate him more. You know what I'm he, saying? Like, yeah. Uh, and why think we have, like, thick wrestlers like that? Like, everybody has to look like CrossFit Jesus, right, these days. Why can't we have more guys like Steven Regal who are, like, big, but, like, big in a thick kind of way? Right. And you can tell, like, you don't want to fuck with that dude. Right. He 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 look, He's not like a muscle man. He's not ripped to shreds, but he's thick and he's solid. And, and, and the other part behind him is that he can wrestle his ass off. Like, he's... Oh, bro. <laughs> he, he's a technician, man. Yeah, like, dude, just amazing. And can we say that is probably the most agile shit I've ever seen British Bulldog ever do in, in his like steroided out phase. It's not like his stampede days. This is like super steroided, but I've got the most cardio you're ever going to see me have. And like notice when he was doing a little flippy dudes and shit like that to get out of arm bars and shit. Then they took a nice little rest break. Woof. Yeah, <laughs> they they had they low. had to have some they had to have some win because they went like twenty they went you know twenty minute time limit draw. Yeah, yeah, and and dude, the minute like I am, you know, just this snot nosed kid, right, upper middle class kid, and I am sitting there fucking enthralled with this match as a child, dude. Like this is such a good fucking match, and I know why, other than Triple H, because I think Triple H gets a, too much credit. William fucking Regal on NXT. I think that's one of the main reasons that shit is off the chain right now. Okay? And that dude right there, maybe one of the best wrestlers ever. Ever. 
Oh yeah, I I would agree yeah. with that. I, I and here's the other part about it. You didn't say I I agree with you on his contributions to NXT. He, he's also a guy you probably don't want to get into a, a, a street fight with. Right. Oh fuck. Right. <laughs> Because he's not going to worry about throwing the haymaker. He's just going to tie you up into a pretzel and break some shit. Mm-hmm. And, and do it slowly and tell you, bitch, it's going to happen. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's that. Right? Like, the road warriors will come in there and just stomp you, but at least it'll be kind of quick because hopefully you could get, like, a concussion to pass out or your neck snaps and you're dead, right? William Regal, yeah. he's going to do it like on shit. Like, he's going to slowly twist your fucking arm off. And you're like, dude, I'm sorry. Fuck. All hell the queen. <laughs> Whatever you want me to say. All right? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to he's gonna twitch you like a pretzel, put you in a sugar hole, take you in, beat the piss out of you, make you suffer along the way. It's, it will not be pretty whatsoever uh, with Regal. Right. So the thing about this match is, again, they go to a time limit draw. Um Bulldog hit Regal with a pile driver and Regal was out, but as Anderson is making the count to three, referee Pee Wee Anderson, it is. Um, the time limit expired and and that's it. So we got a draw. And uh, you know, twenty minutes, but they worked their tails off, man. They really did. And it, so, you know what? And it's one of those good matches where it felt like twenty minutes, but it felt like it went way too fucking fast. Yeah, it went it went quick. You know? They were in there working. Yeah, yeah, man. Dude. Damn near so the, the show. Yeah. So the next segment, they do the spin the wheel, make the deal. It's Harley and Vader out there. And they spin the wheel and they come up with the Texas death match. So you were in the building by this point. When he spins that wheel and it comes up Texas death match, what are you thinking? So at this point, it was a big letdown. And I'll tell you why. Because and and I couldn't, I was on YouTube trying to find this clip. But I want to say the promos of this damn show had cactus jack making the wheel and he was adding false count anywhere and i think it was because on that one show where he won by a count out and then there was another schmoz and shit like that like this was going to get cactus jack the victory so i was kind of like disappointed wasn't false count anywhere and i didn't even know what a texas death match was so i was just like oh fuck okay (laughs) right and then Vader, when he spin the shit, he damn near like hit the fucking sword. That was the little pointer, wheel of fortune style. You know, like <laughs> it was kind of jank. That shit was janky as well. And then why was there like fireworks and shit? Man, this nigga, that, <laughs> this shit, dude, <laughs> so fucking janky. <laughs> It's WCW in nineteen ninety three. That's what it was. And I knew I wasn't the only one though. I knew I wasn't the only one because there were people like, okay, what what is that like? the fuck is that and, and you know like cowboy eric down there fucking uh go like all right it's gonna be a texas death match like ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i can see where the false caught anywhere would mean a lot more to you at that age because you're like man i'm ready for this so yeah uh, but we end up going to a texas de- death match but before we do that we got to go to steve austin stunning steve austin that is versus dustin hey. Rhodes. wait uh, wait wait still- wait Wait, oh, no, what what did he say? Uh what did Michael Buffer say? Just uh Steve. No, stunning Steve. <laughs> like made him sound like a jobber. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can like, you imagine how much money they were paying him during this time to do this? 
for no fucking reason. He had no idea what the hell was going on. He was just like, I am in New Orleans and I'm not on Bourbon Street getting sucked off. That's all he was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. Uh, um, I thought it was kind of funny. There's a sign when Austin was coming out. It said, Stunning Steve, wrestler of the 90s. Boy, the 90s. That was prophetic. Right? And it was golden, too. I was like, man, they predicted that shit. Because guess what? I sure didn't. Okay. Right. I mean, I like, like everybody it's, I, I love when people go, Oh, I saw it then. No, you didn't. We all watched him and we were yeah, like, man, this guy's talented, but no right. one said he's going to be stone cold Steve Austin and draw the most money ever in pro wrestling history. Right. Anybody in, in, you know, for Matt, if we're on that line, anybody who says they saw Triple H becoming a big fucking star, The Rock becoming a big fucking star, Steve Austin becoming a big fucking star is a goddamn liar. OK, because they were jobber to the jobbiest. OK, no fucking way. Fuck. No. All right. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I got over. <laughs> Well, like, I mean, look at Triple H, what he was when he was terrorizing. And I mean, and then you got Austin, right. who he was good, <laughs> but I mean, he was, he was middle of the card good, but I mean, he wasn't like spectacular. So, and then, and then The Rock, fuck, they booed him out of the building. Die, Rocky, die when he first came out. So like, you know, it's easy to say in hindsight, oh, I saw it. There were going to be stars. Yeah, bullshit. And great. Bullshit. You know? But guess what? Guess what? I remember watching that 316 pro fucking promo. Dog, that got me in it. And then yeah. I hated Steve Austin. You know why? I damn sure bought that fucking pay-per-view with all my allowance money, okay, to yeah. fucking watch him go against Stone Cold. Nigga, what? Dude, I was sold at that point because I hated that dude. That dude was messing with Bret Hart, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you talking about the match where he had with Brett, where it was Austin Yeah, his return match, uh, okay. man. Yeah, fucking with Brett, dog. That was my dog. You know, even during the, during the Heart Foundation shit, dude, I was all Canada, dog. I I understood. I understood. <laughs> Mike, I understood. I was like, Brett, I understand, bro. Fuck America too, bro. I'm still my here. <laughs> Fuck them, I dog. You. Fuck them. You damn right. All right, <laughs> black man talking. They don't care about us neither, bro. I'm with. <laughs> Brett, hey, Brett worked that grim gimmick great at that time. No, oh, man. he was spectacular. Oh. Fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Imagine if that was WrestleMania, where it was Bret Hart dropping the strap to Stone Cold. I always contend Stone Cold would have been a bigger star. I don't give a fuck what nobody said. Fuck that Shawn Michaels. I hate Shawn Michaels too, but Brett, Brett was so good in that pro canada role and pissing on america it was man brett doesn't i i know people recognize brett for how great he was but like i still think people don't recognize him enough if that makes sense <laughs> I, I i just love brett and you know we're recording this i think today is brett's birthday on the day we're recording this and austin tweeted out something about that saying saying brett was one of his favorite people and he helped him tremendously and he appreciated him and uh thanks him to this day so austin austin knows that brett was was doing right by him oh yeah yeah like dude he made his career that was the only reason i got wrestlemania 13 bro only reason i got it and you know the only reason my dad would let me get that is because he was such an undertaker mark right my dad is an old sailor who was in the Muhammad Ali and shit. The only fucking two wrestlers he ever marked out for was fucking Undertaker 
and uh, the Godfather. Okay, <laughs> the Godfather. And dude, right, right, yo, straight nigga, dog. Look, my dad is cold. <laughs> <laughs> he loved anyway. the whole train, huh? <laughs> yo, yo, he used to say it at the top of his lungs, bro. The that dude was so gay. Train. train, and I'm like, Dad, you don't, mm, my mom. Okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> but but he the minute I said I I used to have to sell pay per views to my dad. I'd be like, Dad, let, let me tell you this card. Like I had to sell it like fucking Lance Russell and shit. Now I was like, Yo, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he was like, Oh, okay. And he kind of liked Ahmed Johnson. So I was like, Okay, we're gonna have a little Ahmed Johnson. Oh, oh. and then, now I was like, Undertaker main event world championship. He was like, So. <laughs> And that was it. Like, I don't think people realize like the struggle back then to get a pay per view when you had to beg your parent to order that shit, woo! man. Right where they got all these eye pay per views and shit. Right, fucking AEW streaming shit for free, dude. You imagine either one of these companies put some shit on for free at, at pay per view? Oh yeah, WCW did, and that's why they went out of fucking business. How you fucking gonna put a Goldberg or a Hulk Hogan on a goddamn Nitro? Well, I mean, like <laughs> the closest thing to to back. I mean, it's not even the same thing, but the closest thing was, you know, we got the Clash of Champions four times a year. Like, I guess that would be the closest thing to being a big free event. Yeah. But and then and then you, yeah, you're right. You did get nitros and raw and nitro during the wars were, were pretty damn good. But yeah, man, I mean, like we had to try to sell. You know, I, my mother never did it. Like I said, the only time I got to really watch pay per views was my cousin across the street. Go over there, watch it. And that yeah. way. other than that, um, you know, she was like, "You can take that 1995, 2995, turn that bitch sideways, shove it up your ass, boy, because I ain't got the money for it." Like she would be like, I don't think you realize it. We some poor son bitches up in this bitch, and that's how right. it's gonna be. You know, dude, I had to mow. I had to mow grass, dude. Like I remember to get the goddamn. Okay, there was a struggle. It was a struggle, my dude, and that's why I hate WrestleMania 11 to this day. All right, I had to mow about eight lawns. Okay, to get the change to get that fucking WrestleMania. What the fuck? That was the most bullshit show I had ever seen in my life. I really just wanted to see LT get his ass whooped by Man Man Bigelow. So, you know, because fuck LT, all right? But I wasted my money, bro. I wasted my money. <laughs> I wasted my money. And then and then with WrestleMania 11, when people was like, oh, that's a botched uh, powerbomb by, uh, you know, on Shawn Michaels and shit. Man, people who actually watch this shit like, you wasn't worried. You wasn't even paying attention to that fucking match. That match was so goddamn boring. You was waiting for that nigga to get pinned. You're like, why is this little motherfucker fucking fucking with this seven foot asshole right here? Dude, this is bullshit. This is why wrestling is the way it is today. Like, the two world champions, not granted, I have met Kofi. I love Kofi. I mean, fuck him because he tried, he was looking at my girlfriend too hard. But, <laughs> but him, him and Seth Rollins, who I've also met, great guy and all that. Bro, I'm taller than both them motherfuckers. Dog, I should never <laughs> think I should be able to beat the shit out of the champ, you know, or even not even beat the shit. I'm not even going to say that because they probably could whoop my ass, right? But I never should think in a million years I should be able to even compete with the chain. You see what I'm saying? Right? I ain't never said I, that I about hear you. the whole of 
Holyfield. I ain't never said that shit about Hulk Hogan, fucking Ultimate Warrior, fuck Ric Flair, none of them motherfuckers. Boy, some of these chants we've had, shit. <laughs> I can I can I can I can go off on a tangent and tell you a lot about uh Kofi. Kofi's a good dude though. He um yes, you know he, he got stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude, man. Um he's uh I, I again I could go off on a tangent, but uh I was glad to see Kofi win the title. But I do hear you as I'm sitting here watching Dustin Rhodes pin Steve Austin at the right. end of this match. Uh right. let me ask you this before we keep going, because I know you want to get to that cactus invader match. Uh yeah. what did you think about the finish of Austin and Dustin? Uh right there. Okay. So it was that point right there, okay? And actually, the little prelude to this collapse was this motherfucker in, if you go to like 1830, like, no, 1825, 1-1825, you see them slapping the piss out of each other, but then you see this motherfucker looking like a Cajun, like, uh, made man. Like, he's got the Zach Morris, like, fuchsia teal and, like, purple on with a gold chain and shit it's like terrible that's where it collapsed and then all of a sudden it's like false finish they were trying to like it made no sense at fucking all dude like it was so awkward like somebody missed something you could probably tell me better because you're in the business but this shit did not flow at all and i was confused as a kid and i'm still confused now and i'm a whole doctor all right well, what you know what confused me was like i felt like when they did the roll up I felt like something went wrong even before that. Yes. Because the roll-up where Austin gets pinned, something just looked, it was like, what got messed up here? Because th that was my, that was yeah, what I Yeah, it made no it. sense. It made no sense. Yeah, so I, I, that's where, like, they got into it with each other and the crowd started when they started throwing hands around that same mark you gave me, but... It, it was really weird, like, at the end, like, w when he finally gets rolled up, I was like, wow, that was a finish? Did they miss something? In I I feel like, I feel like if I were to ask or, or be able to talk to Dustin or, or Austin about this and say, hey, did something go wrong in that finish? They would say yes, and they would explain what it was. I just don't know what it was, but the way the finish went down. Because it was, it was very strange the way the roll-up came out of nowhere. You know, right. Austin, Austin no did the thing where he holds his feet on the ropes and you can tell him, you can see he's telling Dustin something and then they act like that's the finish and then they go, oh, no, 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 that's not the finish. And then and he comes behind and rolls him up. I felt like something went, some something that was supposed to be the finish didn't happen right and that was like what they it, went to it, after it. I, I agree. I totally now, agree. I, I will say this. Dustin hits that uh hits that blood. Uh he he ripped himself open at the end of it and he uh he got some nice color. So I just wanted to say that. Well in that in that indicative of what he did at fucking AEW though, like oh, dude, my dude God. Is all about but okay, and here's another situation. If you'd have told me Dustin Rhodes was gonna do what he did in his career, I, I would have said, fuck you. No. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say I didn't even realize that was Dustin Rhodes in Gold Dust. I didn't even realize that at first. You know what? You know, so it, it depends it depends on what age you were because by that point I was like 21, 22, so I I, I knew immediately, but I had like uh friends who had little brothers and stuff and they were like they were like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "That's Dustin Rhodes." And they were like, that's not Dustin Rhodes. It was like, that's Dustin Rhodes. I can, I right. can tell you that's him. But like, so it just depended on what age you were. But I mean, because it was easy to fool somebody. I mean, he had full body paint, full body suit and paint. 
And yeah. in that freaking wig when he came out, yes. so it was really hard to tell. Yeah, it, and honestly, I didn't, I didn't get the, the the whole historical purpose of that. You know, as as far as like we look back on it, he was so androgynous and shit. Because as a Southern wrestling fan, I'm used to like fucking androgyny and shit. Like I love fucking Ric Flair and niggas in robes and stuff like that. That shit is cool. <laughs> it's like, dude, ain't nothing you can do to stop me. And I thought Goldust's theme was awesome at the time. I sh- I thought that. That shit fit so well with that entrance, and it was just like, oh, who the hell is this dude? This nigga is gold. Like, that shit is like Goldfinger, son. That shit is like Willie Wonka, Golden Ticket, son. Like, what? Well, I, I tell you dude, what. And then that dude wins the IC title. What? Come on. Yeah, he, I mean, you know what? He made the right move to go there to become Gold Dust. Yeah, because look at how it worked out for him for many, many years. And, um, and and the and amazing part is he's still working and in great shape. That's what's incredible. But you know yeah. what? I'm going to say fuck AEW if for at some point within the next two to three years, if Dustin Rhodes or Cody don't turn on one another like legit, and that's not a serious matches for about a year. Because if so, I'm going to say that company is going to die in five years. Because that shit, the minute they set that shit up, man, I will get that pay-per-view in about a year. I hear you. I hear you. You know? We'll keep... I hear you, man. I hear you. We'll keep moving on this pay-per-view because right now we got the Nasty Boys coming out. They got... They're going to face off against Two Cole Scorpio and Marcus Bagwell. And I want to say something. So what they show before this match is they show yes. Bagwell and Scorpio winning the tag team titles. They actually won before the pay-per-view. They beat the Nasty Boys, which I think you could say was an upset. But uh, this match happens. What were your thoughts on this match and Bagwell and Scorpio coming in as the champs? So I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. because. This was the worst continuity, and it shows you how how bad it was in this fucking company. All right, so I watched the Saturday night before this pay-per-view, like today, and it says, okay, bam, it's it's for the titles, but Tony Schiavone says, but whoever wins, they'll face each other tomorrow, right? And so the win happens, and then Schiavone is like, all right, well, they're going to be wrestling tomorrow for the tag team champions. You know, and and then it's like, what? Okay. And then you come to the pay-per-view and notice that um, either when Marcus comes out or the Nasty Boys come out where Tony Schiavone or no, Jesse Ventura. No, Jesse says that Missy Hyatt cut her hair a week prior and she looks better since last week when they lost the titles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like god damn it and then during the entrance you see the zach morris like fuchsia teal jacket guy like what the fuck dude mike what the fuck was happening in our city at the time i i don't know but i can tell you what got me during the entrance was bagwell and scorpio dancing like they were at uh um... the two go two step baby jesus christ <laughs> what the fuck was <laughs> dude, <laughs> wrestling man, man. Dude, they were trying to make that dude in the tag team so bad. Because you know, I remember his <laughs> intro video. It was like, too cold, too, 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 too cold. And he did that little two-step that 
No, it wasn't even a two-step. It was a damn electric slide with Marcus Alexander Bagwell. If you saw him do his pose when he got into the ring, you could tell Marcus was going to turn into a fucking, a fucking whore. You could see it. <laughs> I'm so. It's funny you say that because when you watch him, when you watch him in that entrance, it's like, dude, you, you, you he literally, you can see it. You're like. This dude is going to be a fucking escort slash yes. stripper dancer. He's got the, it's huh. in his blood in his pedigree. He's gonna be sh- right. He like Cornette called Kenny King, and I like Kenny King, so I'm not I'm not trying to just disrespect Kenny King. Well, Cornette mm-hmm. called Kenny King a dick dancer on his show one time. I was like, <laughs> you can tell Bagwell was gonna be a dick dancer just by the way he's dancing. It, yes. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> and did you notice there in the entrance like? Too cold, like left Marcus hanging for a high five and shit after they danced and shit. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, man, y'all don't give a fuck about the tag team titles. Which, yet again, just like WWE now. I mean, fuck, got you got some black dudes. They go all the way, break all your records and shit. They lose to the bar, and then this nigga loses to a nine year old. Fuck WWE. Oh, you're talking about Strowman and, um, and yeah. Nicholas, I, I, yeah, I was at that right. fucking show. Yeah, I was saying, I was there, and I was trying to get the fucking uh, uh, beach ball, but the asshole two rows over me fucking popped it. He was that motherfucker, so I booed that motherfucker, okay, because I wanted that beach ball. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Uh, So, I, I, you know, I'm re- rewinding and reviewing this. Uh, Missy Hyatt's out there. Uh, what were your thoughts on Missy Hyatt as a uh, young African-American man Woo! in New Orleans back then? Let me tell you, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Missy Hyatt. Woo! Okay, fuck Conrad Thompson for a second, okay? It ain't Roll Tide, it's Go Tigers, motherfucker. Okay, she was Go <laughs> Tigers, my dude. Right? Go Tigers, my bro. Dude, her and then later on, Sonny, Holy shit. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Fuck everybody, dog. I love blonde, skinny bitches to this day. Because <laughs> too, you know? Like, fuck. Like, you know how Xavier Woods is probably into, like, chicks like Paige and shit? Well, man, fucking Missy Hyatt, she could have fucking went down, down on my up, up. You understand what I'm saying, son? Like, I talk Yo, she's what, about five foot four? She can meet me halfway at 2.5 feet. That's what I'm talking <laughs> All right? Like, fuck. Uh, and she had a skirt on, dude. Bro, I know. Okay. Let me tell you what my uncle did. This is what, this is what my crazy ass uncle did. Because he was hollering at broads after that Regal match. He started hollering at broads the whole fucking time. Right? Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question about your uncle. Uh, cause yeah. I, I can't remember if you said this at the beginning. Was your uncle single or he he just didn't care? He was a player. He was he was out there doing his thing. Well, seeing as he's uh, married now to somebody distinctly different, he had a serious girlfriend at the time. Um, but that wasn't the house we went to. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked that. So he's out there. So he brings he he brings his nephew to the wrestling show at Lakefront Arena, and he's out there hollering Yo. at broads the whole time. No, bro. Look, let me tell you something right now. He was that old school player that, like, if he saw a girl like just sitting there, like leaning against the wall next to a fucking girl's bathroom that looked remotely single, he would be that nigga to cut, cut in line just to talk to that bitch. And be like, "Hey, move out the way. I'm just gonna talk to my wife right quick in the girl's bathroom line." That's that dude. 
Okay, like he didn't come back until the flare match. Like he left my ass alone. He gave me like forty dollars, which you know ninety three dollars. I was like, whoo, right? I was rich, so I bought. I bought the first replica belt ever, one of those cheap styrofoam plastic U.S. title belts, dude, because that was my favorite belt and still is to this day, right? Bruh, now, I've upgraded since then because I'm classy like that. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, you you sent me a picture. You got a, I will say that, you've got a nice little, uh, yeah, nice, man. I say little, you got a nice collection. It ain't little. It's only going to grow, bro. It's only going to grow, man. Uh, like, I'm telling you. Okay. I hear you, man. No, no, ain't there's nothing wrong with that. So, so uh, you and your uncle, y- y'all, y'all were cool with Missy. Missy was all the way live, as we like to say on the show Woo. back in the day, uh, for sure. So, uh, yeah, and I will say this, man. I mean, Missy ain't my speed even back then, but I'm. I can tell you, she was still all the way live. Uh, she was, uh, like you say, roll t- uh, uh, go Tigers. Uh, go not Tigers. Roll tide. Yeah, fuck yes. roll tide. Go tired. And because it's it's one of those situations where when you're when you're going through that those testosterone shifts, if you will, like the sluttier the girl, the hotter. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, for me, for me, oh my God. Like who was it? Um uh, not not uh, Pam Anderson. Jimmy McCarthy was my shit, right? Jenny McCarthy was my shit because she was an extension of Blair Warner from fucking Facts of Life, dude. Like, I want to fuck the <laughs> shit out of both of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, man, until, until. Whoa, 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 until brother. You, Tootie, you didn't. Well, hold on. You didn't want Tootie? <laughs> nah, nigga, she was too young the whole time. No, look. That well, that's was, true, too. That's, that's true, too. Right. And you got to realize, like, every, it, like, Tootie looked like every black chick that I, that I grew up with. But, like, Blair, she was so attractive, you know? It was, oh, like, yeah. blonde. I've never seen that shit. Like, just, but, <laughs> and she was hoary. Like, that first season, I don't know why she stepped out of that little, Natalie gets her, gets fucked for the first time episode because the first season, she was in the back of a truck about to give it up to some random delivery dude. Like Boy. Debbie does Dallas style, like God damn. The, st- the stuff they put on TV back then versus now. Yo, why they're trying to make an All in the Family fucking remake is beyond fucking me. You can't dude, do it. You can't, you can't do it. You can't. Like motherfuckers is too goddamn sensitive. Yeah. Let me. T- I'm gonna tell you. You know what's funny? You say that. I was. I was saying this on the show. I had an episode on because Harper showed me how to find the All in the Family, the old episodes. And me, my mm-hmm. wife, and mother-in-law were watching it in the living room one day. And my mother-in-law goes, she goes, I used to really like him. I thought he was funny. I'm like, I said, but mother-in-law, it's just comedy. You know, it, it, it's he's not great. being serious. He's, it's his comedy. I mean, you know, she's like, yeah, but that's just too offensive. <laughs> She didn't want right. to hear Archie talking about black folks the way he was. And I was like, but it's, I said, come on. It's just, I said, the man ain't really like that. I said, I said, if anything, the show kind of helped. It brought up social issues. And she's yeah, like, I can't and, watch this shit. Yeah, because it's like, you hear this shit every day. And, and for all the, the, the listeners right now, if you look at every social situation we've got in this country, Right. And you can't laugh about how absurd and retarded it is. I said that word. I'm sorry. How absurd it is. Fuck. You've got you've got fucking anger issues. 
You know what I'm saying? If you can't tell the difference between when somebody is making a joke and somebody is serious, you know, if Archie Bunker says it, it's hilarious. If David Dukes says it, I believe him. And that's the difference. Right. It's a TV <laughs> show. Like it's a TV people, fucking show. <laughs> people get worked up way too quick. And I'm like, man, just slow down, enjoy life. And like I say that, see, like what you don't know is I get every I don't I don't want to say a ton, but I was telling the guy this that Wildcat X rated a couple weeks ago. Like I get a I get a good bit of people that complain. They like, oh my God, the political incorrectness with the wrestling back then. And I'm like I'm like, how can you not appreciate it? It's a work. They're just trying to right. have fun. And they're trying to offend you. And it worked too work. much because you're offended. Right. Come on. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Yeah, and it's, and it's crazy. It is crazy because when I, when I hear about stories of, um, like, Bill Watts, saying he used to throw bananas at Bobo Brazil. It's like, oh, fuck, I wish I was there to see that so I could be pissed at him and get that kind of heat because I need to be mad at that. We should get mad at that. So let those dudes do it. Like, to me, the worst person in WWE right now, because they don't know what to do with him, is a Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens should never be a face ever. Because he is a heel at heart because he will say fuck you to everybody. Like, yeah. the new face of America was one of the greatest things I've ever seen, right? Remember when he did that? And then, is that your United States champion? He grabbed the mic and say, from Montreal. Like, fuck you, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, you know the I thing want- about him? The thing about him is he's such a good heel. He'll start popping everybody and he's going to be a fan. Yes. That's the only bad thing. Cause he is, he's a phenomenal heel. Like he's just really good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, he's one of my favorites up there actually right now. He's that damn good. Um, oh yeah. Like, like it's a, it, I'm making a point to get every KO mania shirt. I can like, it's, it's a point. I love that dude. Cause he is. Yeah. He is, yeah. He pisses me off. Like, and, and that means he's doing a good job. And I want to say you just you just hit on something you talking about you know you make it a point to get every shirt, man. Let me tell y'all when I tell y'all disrespectfully, classy Marky Blassie is a wrestling fan. Not only does he like the classic stuff, but he watches the current stuff as much as he can. The man actually said there was an NXT takeover he was at, and he sent yeah. me a a, a, a timestamp, and he goes go to and I don't remember what it was one hour thirty minutes and twenty three seconds. He goes that's me. And I go to yeah. it, and the man literally loves wrestling. So I Dude, wanted to point that out because you had fun at that takeover that time. I did. I did. And you know what? Because every time I go to the, you know, because uh, let's go into it for a second. You know, I, I don't have kids, nor am I attached. So there is no money going anywhere else except to family and shenanigans, right? And so with that being said, like when I go to these wrestling shows, like if I can't get vip if i can't get front row down on the floor and get my own chair to bring home i don't go like bro i live in mississippi i couldn't get vip tickets to jackson because it sold out too fast so guess where i'm going i'm going to bozier shit city 
<laughs> in August just to go to the house show because it's VIP. I only do VIP for the house shows. That's it. Because I want to meet the stars. I want them to, you know, just come in my presence and understand that they're in the they're in the presence of somebody great. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? <laughs> like classy, disrespectfully classy. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> let me ask you a question. Have you ever have you ever met my girl Sasha? I have not. I've oh now, we gonna have to fight about that, Mike. That's my own. okay. Well, 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 I can't. Oh, well, oh, 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 hold on one second. Oh, hold on. So, so, no, so, 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 real quick, real, real quick before. And let me say this, uh, real quick before we before we go down that uh, route. Uh, Bagwell uh, makes the hot tag to Scorpio in this match that is going on uh, with the with the tag match, and Scorpio hits the moonsault on knobs. Before you know it, Missy and Teddy are fighting on the outside, and Bagwell clears uh, you know clears that up. Scorpio hits knobs with a four fifty, but Sags hits Scorpio to the back of the head with a boot, with a and boot. Nasty Boys win back the titles. Now let's go to so the Nasty Boys they. Presume it, you know, let's let's take it for what it was. They lost the titles on Saturday and they won them here at the pay-per-view. Now let's get to Sasha. What, what, what we gotta talk about here? Bruh, that, that's my girl, bruh. Like, oof, Sasha, bruh. <laughs> Sasha Banks, bruh. I don't give a if anybody doesn't think Sasha Banks is fuckable at all, is a <laughs> just God, you've got fucking cataracts, dude. Like, you need to come see me so I can do an exam on you right quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, she is fuck and she's a little sassy too, bruh. <sighs> fuck. Like spinner, dude. Like, and no, and you see those crazy bumps she does. See those crazy bumps she does. Um, wait, hold on. You see those crazy bumps she does. She's all flexible and shit. Whoo! That's just let me, cool. let me, let me tell you. It, on a serious note, so I'm sure you've listened to like my episodes with um. <laughs> Brian Fury, which and Brian Malone, mm-hmm. which they are, they trained her, you know, I mean, from the time she started. And, um, you know, I've had discussions with both of them about like her early career and whatnot. She is um, fearless. And I've never talked to her. I've never met her, but she is fearless. And what I mean by that That's is good. she does not she is not afraid to take any type of bump. She will pretty much do it and put her body on the line and yeah. flexible. Oh my God! Ridiculously Woo, flexible. That's not fair. Now, now the irony is when it comes to Sasha, she's generally not my type because she's so light. But goddamn, game has to respect game. She is bad. Shit. If, you know what the worst part about her though? Let me tell you this, Mike. The fact that she's married to some costume designer in the back pisses oh, yeah. me off because it's like, oh. God damn it, I had a shot. Well, no. Oh, oh, oh so. Do you do you realize her husband was a professional wrestler? I didn't know that. Okay, that changes it. Yeah, yeah. So let me give you some background since you probably don't know that her husband. Um, and I don't. I, I've never. T- I don't. I've never talked. I've never talked to him. But her husband was a pro wrestler. They met because they worked for the same promotion up in New England. He is actually very talented he is uh i've got this from a number of people who work not only worked with him but know him well that he really was super super talented he's not a big guy though so it's uh you know that makes it a little hard when you're talking about making at that at that level um but yeah he he actually was a very very good indie wrestler if if they gave spots on just talent alone He's got the talent to be there, and he's actually done some extra work as far as like um you know enhancement talent work for the company years and years ago. So, uh, 
He is a costume designer now, but that's not what he did. He kind of just picked up that trade when she started uh, working there. That's the background. I didn't, I didn't know that, son. Yeah, yeah. I didn't he, he, he he is a very he he was very very good very very good in the ring man so I will say that uh so now with that said Lois she fine <laughs> I remember I don't know if you remember I told this story I told this story on a show one time she was uh she was cutting a promo like on Raw one night and and I'm sitting in there and my wife's like watching she's like eh you're getting all hot and violent huh I was like nah nah nah. And she was pausing and wouldn't like spit out her promo. I forgot what was going on. <laughs> I, goes, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> my wife goes, "Well, this bitch just spit it out." <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? And that's a, you know what? I've never been a fan of her actual in-ring work per se, like because she's not crisp with everything. But the passion and the amount that she sells is amazing and i'm at the point right now mike i don't know how you feel about all the strong style shit where everybody's like slapping their arms and and legs obviously right um but selling is lost like and this is what i hate dave Meltzer for i'm sorry if i'm going on in a tangent but this is what i hate dave Meltzer for is because when he marks out that's when he increases his star rating and if People think Kenny Omega versus Okada is the best match of all time. Though a fucking great series of matches, five-star, I'm not going to take that away. But the fact of the matter is, when a motherfucker does a suplex, a tiger suplex off the top rope, and you land on the crown of your head, you are fucking done. Pin him. <laughs> you know? When Kevin Owens, me and Kevin Owens are about the same way. Kevin Owens does a frog splash, crisp, like Eddie Guerrero, where it looks stiff. That's the end of the goddamn fucking match. Okay? Yeah. Like, goddamn. Like, there is a point. Like, Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair was like the zenith of that fast-paced match. Because they sold shit, but they were still on it. But these motherfuckers these days, if I see one more goddamn super kick, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna cut somebody's leg off. That's what I'm trying to so, tell you. I don't boy. Dave, yeah, I agree, man. Um Melter gets carried away with the with the Japan stuff and it, it, And he marks it, out. Yeah, and and I, I think I think he has a problem with being like I think he's he's got bias issues. And what I mean by that is like I don't think he he objectively looks at like AEW or New Japan. The yeah, I, I just think I think he's like I don't know the word I'm looking for. I think he's like I don't want to say he sold his soul because that's not technically true, but he he just gets carried away with it, and I don't think he objectively looks at it. It's like he never criticizes he them, and that's no. that's a problem to me because once you sell yourself to the fact that. You're not going to criticize someone no matter no matter what they do bad or, or how bad it looks. That's an issue. You're not being an objective journalist at this point. Like I, I covered not. ROH for the torch for two plus years. And, you know, if I saw something I didn't like, I called it out in my columns. Um, and it, that's it's what it was like. And I can remember sometimes hearing from Ian Riccoboni, who got by the way, um, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. 
and just he would just say, hey, you know, I read your column. Can't say I agree with it, but I can respect, you know, why you're writing what you're writing. So, I mean, like you got to stay you 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 can't be so you got to look at it and be be fair. If something's not you have to call it out. If something's if something's bad, call it out. If something's good, call it out, too. But you 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 can't you can't just be like okay uh, everything they do is great and it's twenty stars for that match, right? It, it and it doesn't make it doesn't make fucking sense because I'm sorry I'm sorry like for all the people who were into the indie revolution and shit like that and and I'm gonna say this New Japan Pro Wrestling is not indie that is on the level of WWE in Japan, but with that being said, because Dave marks out and he's been doing this shit for decades, I hate the fact that he doesn't realize he's created this whole wrestling bullshit wrestling media made up of marks like me who know who who guys act like they know what the fuck is going on in the back. You know, and they think everything needs to be brought to them. And Dave Meltzer, I, I heard one little clip on YouTube, him saying he hates the you know, you deserve it, chant. And it's like, fucker, you created that. <laughs> okay? Fucker, uh. you created... Because everybody wanted to be you, this super smart that knew everything and got paid for it. Okay? And that's the... And that, and that was the downfall of pro wrestling in the 90s. Because then we get to this bullshit... I'm like Jim Cornette at this point in my life when it comes to pro wrestling. Because... I don't know if any of our listeners know this, right? But ECW, watch that shit again. Watch it on YouTube with all the interest musics and shit. And I I was in there. I still like the gangsters coming out to Natural Born Killers and shit. And, and when they got total eliminated through the fucking double tables and shit. That shit was amazing, right? But it is aged poorly because now we're at a point where people think they know, but they don't know. Mike, Tell me, as you as a wrestler who knows the business, that shit with Cody Rhodes over the weekend, right? I'm sorry. That shit was such a work. And from my perspective as a medical professional, when they say, oh, you know, they're saying all this shit, he got staples and shit like that, which, yes, I like to do sutures and shit. So, yes, when I saw that shit, I was like, oh, I wish I could staple that shit. But, like, that was commonplace, and it's still commonplace now, okay? They're saying that, oh, we're going to evaluate him for CTE. All wrestlers should need to be evaluated for CTE because you hit the fucking mat. That's a goddamn car wreck, okay? That's trauma to your brain. So why are everybody losing their shit over this fucking one potato chair shot and goddamn John Moxley and goddamn Joey Janela are in thumbtacks and shit going through barbed wire and then go through a goddamn table or or what is that all in where fucking hangman page like fucking did the little his fucking move through a couple of tables off a fucking ladder what the fuck is wrong with fucking people man I'm gonna get on the tangent I'm too drunk for this shit y'all yeah, ain't ready no, for this you're on a tangent but that's fine <laughs> Um, so the chair shot here, here's my thing about the chair shot. Um, 
you can't like the problem is in today's environment you can't do unprotected headshots because cte is just too much in the news i mean you've seen it with the nfl you've seen it with everything every sport um i agree with you you're you're taking trauma to the body and everything you do with wrestling because your brain is just rattling around even when you you know take a freaking big ass bump off the top rope i mean it's just i mean i'm not a medical professional but i know that um yeah I, I only was an indie wrestler and I contemplate giving my brain the science one day because I swear there's things that I don't remember that I should remember from unprotected chair shots to the head. Now, yeah. when Cody got hit in the head, what got me the biggest thing about that was I was when he when he got hit immediately when he started bleeding, I was like, oh, a rim, the rim of a chair. I've seen it yes, happen yes, to a guy yes. where it splits them wide open. So yeah, when he got hit, I was like, happened. oh, shit. Right. But then what made me mad, beyond them doing an unprotected chair shot, which I just don't think you can do nowadays because of everything that we know about yeah, science and brains. Yeah, it's just, come on, it's just irresponsible. I mean, let's let's stop that. Those days pass, and that's why ECW doesn't – that's one of the reasons why ECW doesn't age well. Um the, right. the issue that that I think, and again, this is just my opinion. I'm not a medical professional or anything. Um, I I don't think the young bucks should then come out and say, "Well, we gimmicked the chair and it failed," or whatever yeah. it was said. Um, I now say- I I understand they probably did that for pub- for like as a publicity stunt. It was all PR, be, man. It, right? It was it was a PR as a public relations move to say. Well, we tried to gimmick it so it wouldn't be as bad. But the bottom line is, dude, that's metal contacting your skull. And yeah. again, all I've got Full is a force. bachelor's degree. I don't yeah. have any type of medical professional training. His brain rattled around inside of his cranium, and it could not have been it good. Did. And and dude, let me tell you, Mike, let me tell you why I never went into pro wrestling. Is a God's truth. I I, in college, took one bump. Now, granted, let me tell y'all something. Back in high school, I used to do two different martial arts. I was on the football team. I did all kind of athletic shit. I knew how to tumble, all that. I knew how to fall. Y'all, when they tell you that is some of the worst pain and your head hurts for like a week, motherfucker dude, Mike, I ran the ropes one time and then somebody told me to do a flat back bump. I did those two things and I said fuck it. Because that shit hurt. Dude, my head oh my god. Yeah, My head was like I felt like my brain was bleeding out and dude, I had bruises all over my fucking back. Okay, People don't realize how much that fucking hurts and how much your body adjusts to that shit and how much your brain gets like fucking slaughtered over decades of doing that shit. You know, yeah. that's why I hate the fact all this strong style shit. I hate this because it's like you're wasting your fucking youth and moves and shit because you're not going to be able to do this shit when you're coming on the homecoming episode of, of Raw 2000 in like. 30 decades. You're not. You're not. Kevin Owens, you're not doing a fucking frog splash. You're not even doing a pop-up powerbomb, nigga. Like, you could probably better do a super kick at that point. 
Well, okay. and, and that's um that's one of the reasons why like the apron bumps that you see these days, I don't <sighs> know how much longer that's gonna go on because I just don't see the human body being able to consistently take the apron bump, especially Dude. like we saw Darby Allen take uh, the other night. That that was suicide. I cringed. I, mean, I cringed looking well, at As a medical professional, when you saw him take that apron bump where he goes backwards and hits back first on the – keep in mind, the corner of the ring, which is where wood meets metal, what did you think? Oh my God! The, the first thing I thought was, okay, well, um, he's gonna have a back fusion soon. <laughs> you know, like that's the first thing I thought of, and I'm waiting for these fuckers. And yet again, I I respect the young bucks and Kenny Omega and shit, but when it comes to them, I'm in Jim Cornette's camp. I don't get it, but the shit that they keep doing, I'm waiting for the blown disc, and I'm waiting. For for one motherfucker to get paralyzed because I see the crown of people's heads hitting that fucking mat and that mat ain't moving y'all okay <laughs> like they could they could break their fall all they want but the mat ain't moving y'all okay them dudes is killing each other and yet again can anybody see anybody see a melter driver in about 30 years no no yeah. You're not going right. to see a melted driver in 30 years. No, fuck that. You know? And it's funny because people give Hulk Hogan shit and everything. But you know what the smartest thing Hulk Hogan ever, you know, as far as hindsight said? I wish I'd have had the damn sleeper as a finishing move. Because doing a fucking leg drop for 40 years straight <laughs> fucking kills your pelvis. Yeah, he's, he's, he's his pelvis and back are screwed based on that. So, all right. Hey, 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 disrespect yeah, to Blassie, Marky Blassie. I'm going to get us back on track because yeah, yeah, uh, the next matchup was uh, – that was a good discussion, though. No, I, I, I am um, – I'm glad for you to, to talk about that as someone who, again, the man is a medical doctor. He is speaking from yeah. a medical standpoint and not just me saying – Oh, well, you can't do that because the brain gets scrambled. Um, I literally tweeted out. Yeah. I think I tweeted or posted on Facebook. Cody's brain just got scrambled. And and that was like yeah. my, my thing. Yeah. You know, I was like, oof. You and know. let me tell you guys, let me tell you, you know, CTE and all that, you know what that affects? Sexual desire. And I don't know if y'all seen Brandy Rhodes, but fucking go Tiger. Cody, I need you to keep your brain intact. Okay, because you got a lot of work over the next decade, my dude, bro. You see her, Jesus. I know Cody is a cold motherfucker. Man, he he got some game to bruh. pull at. Holy, bro, right? Who you telling, bro? Look, man, dog, I know that's the American Dream, son. I know that's the American <laughs> Dream. <laughs> like that dude, that dude spitting that game, bro. <laughs> Yo, him and Bray Wyatt. Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. Boy, they he them dudes. I thought I was on shit, dude. I thought I was on <laughs> I got nothing on them dudes. Uh, they got <laughs> game, man. And apparently, I got that. Yo, apparently, I ain't got nothing on Buddy Landell, neither. So. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, let's keep going, because we got Sid Vicious, who is with Colonel Parker, which is, as you everyone knows, Robert Fuller, someone yes. who's a favorite of ours. Uh, he's up there taking on Sting, man called Sting. Yeah. So this was a weird uh, match. This it was really was. Match. It wasn't Sting that good, came... in my opinion. I... And... um. I don't agree with Harper and Doc 
about anything they say about because that's not if you if you really and as we're watching it on booking the territory right they were not expecting him to be that big because yes he, he was going to get fed to rick flair you know he was going to be that mid-card guy Right. He was going to be that mid-card. He wasn't set up to be the fucking guy. It was Lex Luger that was supposed to be the guy. Like, I don't understand what... And uh, full disclosure, you're going to be pissed at me, Mike. I'm with Doc in the fact that I am, though I am from New Orleans, fuck the Saints. I am a goddamn Cowboys fan. But, but... I'll forgive you for that Everything that happened this season, everything that happened this season was such horseshit to, <laughs> to the Saints. But anyway... <laughs> Anyway, like, I don't get where the hate comes for Sting, because, yes, like, yeah, he was thrust a little too early, but, dude, that dude organically became a star, because I like Sting. I was into that dude. Like, I was into him way more than the Ultimate Warrior. I hated the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I, I, I don't... See, I think Doc's hate is based on how old he was, because by 88, he was 14, and I just think he was kind of like... This dude isn't doing it for me. But I, I, my thing was, I was a year younger than him, but at the end of the day, I was like, you know, you got to look at it. He was over with the kids, and the kids he was. drive hey. things. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they loved them some sting, and they loved seeing him win, and that's all it boiled down to. Yeah, it is. I was one of those kids. I'm telling you. that. Yeah, and was he on that Hogan level? He sure fucking was like i'm glad to hear they paid him a lot of money because i was in there but mike you know this everybody knows this at the end of the day as long as rick flair is on the marquee that is rick flair's fucking territory and it never ended right you know what i'm saying like even yep. with like it was just weird because even when rick flair was in wwf the whole time i saw him i was like man he is rick flair that's the nwa dude running shop and then all of a sudden he became world champ and guess what guys psychology i got into brad hart from fucking SummerSlam beating mr perfect then mr perfect runs with rick flair and then i'm like damn that dude is doubly powerful and then fucking brad hart taps out fucking rick flair what Brad Hart's the baddest man on the planet. Psychology, guys. That's how people need to do it these days. Wins and losses matter. <laughs> and, the th and again, the thing was with Sting, as you say that, I mean, he was winning. He was over with the kids. And naturally, the evolution was, we're getting ready to get to it with the first Clash of Champions. He ends up going to the Clash, and he's going to, it's going to be him, uh, Sting, and Flair for the, for the mm -hmm. title. So, you know, I mean, the bottom line was he was over as I'm uh, sitting there about to click forward watching Sting defeat Sid Vicious. And he came out was very okay. uninspired. That's what I remember. I was really pissed because he came out very uninspired. Like, I was ready to be bucked and hyped and yelled because I yelled and all that stuff, shit like him. But, man. You mean in this what? match with uh, Sid versus Sting? Yeah, he just came out so, like, it was such a low-paced match for what I thought it was going to be, because I had Sting. Sting was a superstar to me. Out yeah, of the thing was, like, Sid dominated the match the entire way, and Colonel Parker got some cheap shots in and whatnot, and then they did this, did, I guess I'll call it a schmage finish, where uh, Sting ends up pinning him and rolling up Sid. Uh, 
It, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't right. terrible. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think people are at this point in the pay-per-view were like, all right, Sting's out there with Sid, but we're ready to get to Flair and Rude. If not that, we're yes. ready to get to Cactus and Vader. So we'll go to yeah. Rude and Flair real quick. Um, and they. so to clarify, the holder of the big gold belt is now known as a world heavyweight champion. What happened was there was this thing back a then world where... Heavyweight. <laughs> yes. Because there was a thing back then where they weren't the, the the big gold holder wasn't the world champion, but they 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 claimed that the WCW board of directors met and it was like, all right, we're gonna recognize now the big gold belt. It's going to be the A World title. So, just wanted to point that out as we get into this. Now, did you have anything? And Tony Stavani explains this. Um in a very lackadaisical manner, and Jesse Ventura was like, motherfucker, as long as Rick Rude had a fucking belt on, he was the goddamn champ. And Tony Schiavone didn't give two shits <laughs> about what they were feeding that dude in his ear. You know? Yeah. He was dressed up. It's funny, I wanted to point this out because I didn't say this at the beginning, but Shivani is dressed up like Jesse because it's Halloween Havoc. So he's got like his Jesse, the body Ventura, I guess outfit on is what I want to call it. Uh, so right. I, I just wanted to say that. Now, hey, did you notice fucking with the whole night too? He's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, your beard's off, or your mustache off, and oh, you're you're <laughs> you got hair under there." Like just fucking with him the whole time. Did you notice um, that when Flair came out, he was with Fifi the maid? Did you notice? Isn't that, that? his wife now? Yes. Dog, how did that shit happen? Like, isn't that the piece of pussy? Like, you think about, like, oh, that shit was good. And I bet you, let me holler at her right quick. And then Rick, she was like, ooh, I am single. And then Rick was like, woo, you ain't going to get alimony. You seem like you're going to be simple. Bam. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, this is, it's just. got to be buried. This is it's crazy because it's his wife now. But what was funny was during that promo, like when he's coming out, Shivani's on commentary and he just don't give two shits. He's like, he says, this is Fifi to, he says this is Fifi the maid, and uh, Ric Flair has her on the floor scrubbing away. But when you make the, but when you make them up and take them on the town, like make them up, like you know, dress them up and whatnot, and take them out on the town, they all look wonderful. And I was like, Tony, did did you really just yeah? Say what that? was that? What did that mean? Was that for Lois? Like, what the fuck? Like, you, you have a handmaid or some shit like that, dude? Like, you gotta dress him up? What the fuck, Tony? Like, he didn't give two fucks, dude. He didn't, he didn't care. He doesn't. And, you know, I think he actually covered this pay-per-view on his show a while back. I don't Probably remember did. when. It's been about a fuck. year or so, but I'm he sorry. talked about I'm sorry. it. I'm sorry, Mike. I I ain't mean to cause any controversy with your show, but fuck Conrad. Like I I used to dig his shit at first, but his shit is so fucking weird now. Anyway, all right. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> like I told you, I, I I told you before we started. I said, hey, it's your show. Speak your mind on whatever you want, and we're yeah. good to go, man. I I, yeah. I firmly said that. I wanted you to feel comfortable saying what you felt about anything in the world of wrestling. So there it is. All right. Now, now, two things I noticed about this match. One, I'm all about the champion should look like the baddest man on the planet, right? All right, the challenger is Ric Flair. One, Ric Flair has so much street cred over the past 25 years or so, 
right? Why the fuck you giving him fireworks and shit? Okay, in his intro, it's Rick fucking Flair. That nigga is the firework. Okay, Katy Perry style. Okay, like you don't need all that shit. I know who the fuck Rick Flair is. That's a bad motherfucker. All right. You know why? Because every dude I've ever known up to that point in my young life said he was a bad motherfucker. Like, yo, my cousins used to put me in the fucking figure four and that shit hurt. I was like, God damn, fuck you guys. <laughs> right? And so then so then they give him fireworks. Then Rick Rude, he don't get no fucking fireworks. That's a fucking world champ. And, and guess what, WWE? I know your shit looks okay now. But the big gold belt is still the greatest fucking world title I've ever seen. And fuck the old NWA belt. Okay. Well, don't fuck it. But it's not the big gold belt. And you got this dude looking like a fucking Adonis with a goddamn big gold belt. Come on now. He needs fireworks, dog. Put him over. That's your franchise. But that's why y'all didn't let him be the franchise. You know? I I like... The big the 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 old NWA Globe Belt, I like it because it was the first world title that I remember uh, right. as a wrestling fan. Now, I like the big gold belt, but it's not it's definitely not my favorite. But you notice something that I didn't even pick out. You're right, Flair got fireworks. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Flair got fireworks, but the champion didn't get anything. So that was a uh, that was really weird. I I, but, I will say that. Oh, so so let me let me bring you into that contextual kind of logical medical setting i wonder if at this time because remember this is like the bischoff era that kind of bischoff dusty era era of booking with rick flair in there i wonder if rick flair had such a crisis of identity at that point or had low self-esteem that he felt like he since he was naked without the belt he needed some type of relevance you know what i'm saying and I feel like this was that replacement. You know, if you look at Starcade later on in the year, you know, what was up? What was more important in that fight with Vader? It it was the WCW title versus the career of Ric Flair. And I remember as a kid, like, that was bigger. It was like, fuck, that's Ric Flair. You know what I'm saying? And it yeah. kind of gave him that relevance. So I kind of wonder if that's it. Because really, Rick Farouk should have fucking gone to the moon with these guys if they really put that real juice behind him. You know? Yeah. And Rick, Rick Farouk was ready. He was actually ready for that shit. Now, yet again, we all know what happened to him later in life. And you know how he blew out his knee and shit throughout this whole match. That fucking, every time he came off the rope and did that knee drop or like landed straight on his fucking feet, on his boot. Like, I was like, no wonder your knee was fucking shattered. You're fucking destroying it. Jumping off the fucking turnbuckle and landing essentially on your knees or the heel of your foot. On some that don't move, y'all, y'all don't understand. These mats fucking hurt like a they, motherfucker. They, they they certainly do. Um, yeah, you know, Rick Rude, Rick Rude was definitely ready for the for, to get shot to the moon. I I totally yeah. agree. I will I will say this. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I really like this match. I thought. Oh, I, I love. I, I love it. Yeah, it was old school. Yeah, Rude it. controlled it mostly yeah. after Flair gets kind of his stuff in in the beginning. Um, but I thought this was a, a really fun match. W- did you have anything else from it? 
Yeah, and uh, you know what? This is a true, yet again, like you just said, it's just two guys knowing the business, knowing how to work the crowd. I remember being there, and everybody was glued because, dude, yet again, you're talking about the land, New Orleans. You're talking about the land of Bill Watts and Ernie Ladd and uh, Junkyard Dog. You know, which if you talk to old heads, you know this, Mike. You talk to old heads. Junkyard Dog is still the greatest wrestler on the planet, right? You're talking about two dudes, working crowd, psychology, and a new school of really the same, essentially the same gimmick, right? Like, I'm better than you. Fuck you. I'm just better than you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, I, I do. And Rick Flair, oh, my God. Like, Every move mattered. And yet again, fuck strong style for a second. Look at these guys. Every fist that was thrown, right, seemed legit, right? These niggas looked like they was really getting hit, okay? These niggas really looked like, yo, Rude looked like his knee was fucking hurting. They were selling yeah, they, I was they, in it. Yeah, they didn't. Um, it's funny you say that, man. They didn't do anything that look. I mean, I say look. Uh, the stuff they did looked like it. It knocked each other's heads off. But the point being, there was nothing like dangerous and crazy that you know looked like it was destroying yeah. their body. Uh, w- which was the 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 big thing about it. I will say that now. Uh, I will tell you, there were a couple of ref bumps at the end. Rude attempts to use a foreign object. The cameraman picks it up and, uh, and and shouldn't have it. Flair takes it from him and hits Rude and puts uh, puts it in his trunks. Uh, Taylor makes a two count, but Anderson stops the count and says he saw Rick hit Flair with the gimmick. And uh, Anderson yeah. gives a decision to Rude based on that. Good yeah, match, and, though. And that was good. And, and yet again, this is me as an older adult looking back. It's just like there was that sense of Fuck, like Ric Flair has gotten away with that shit so many times in the past. And it's like, God damn it. Why didn't it w- work this one time that I wanted him to fucking do it and win? Yeah. No. You know? I, I, and I hated Rick Rude even more. I hated his ass even more. Fuck Rick Rude. And that's <laughs> and that's the 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 passion I had at that point. And it, it, like you do the impression of Kevin Sullivan. It's just like, it's not that fucking hard. It ain't that fucking hard guys. Right. We ain't, ain't building a rocket. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. you ain't got to do all this grandiose shit. You know, it's just like, yo, two motherfuckers. We got a belt. We got money. We got change. We got pride. Everything that men, real men care about. That's all well, that matters. All, all in you that, you, you got to have personal. It, it's real easy. There's got to be a personal issue, and then you're gonna get guys right. in there who just gonna slug it out. It. I mean, I don't really need the flips and dives. I need a personal issue before I need anything. And they had a personal yes. issue before. It. Yes. So yeah. Yep. Yes. That's it. And That's it leads it. in to. And, and, and you come into this next match with Cactus Jack, right? It was the same thing. I had been invested in this 
right? Long-term booking. Cactus Jack, I remember when they went, like, when they were doing the little vignettes, when they went up to, to Cactus Jack, and they were like, hey, you're here, you're a wrestler, you're Cactus Jack. And he was like, sir, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, the sympathy I have for Cactus Jack, and I'm and I was scared of this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I was definitely scared of this dude. Like, he was like Abdullah the Butcher. Like, I think this dude could murder and mangle my dad and my granddad, right? Because that used to be the test, right, Mike? Like, if you think you could beat the shit out of my dad, damn, you a bad motherfucker, right? right. And Cactus <laughs> Jack used to scare me. And then all of a sudden, he's reduced to this simpleton. And you know the the, the crazy passion and insanity on the inside and then when he came back boom he was like motherfucker you took six months out of my life i man look we about to get down let's spin the wheel make the deal baby i'm gonna fuck you up whatever you want to do you make the rules come on let's get it and that's the main event you don't see shit like that today in wrestling you don't you don't at all okay? no you don't so you don't so let's go to it. The main event, and like you said, this was the reason you couldn't wait for this to happen. You got Big Van Vader versus Cactus Jack, Texas Death Match. Uh, you were waiting for this, so tell me what you had from it. Man, okay. First and foremost, this is the first time I've seen this match as an adult, okay? I'm never, yet again, everybody, like, after I did Never, I never watched the show until this past week, making notes for the show, right? And the one thing I remember is I will never forget the minute Cactus's music hit, and he took about five steps or so, and he started getting a little faster, and he jumped on Vader and started beating the shit out of him. Ooh, I went down a rack of stairs, okay. And I was standing the entire time. And I and there was a bunch of other kids standing around me, standing the whole time. And when they went outside on the side of the ramp, because if people don't remember really following WCW with that fucking ramp, the shit, when they went off the side of the ramp, shit was going down, right? And then when Vader hit that pole, yo, there, Vader hit that fucking pole with his whole hand and wrist. Like, you heard a pop in that shit. And what was that part, Mike, on this match? Like, Vader hit him. He hit him with the bar of the goddamn chair on the back of his head. Like, that shit was brutal. Like, Cactus had, like, a cut over his hot eye within, like, five minutes of that fucking match. Like, that shit was brutal. Yeah, they, 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 they were, <laughs> I just, I was watching it just now because I got it on my screen and man, Cactus just nailed Vader in the head with a, with a just unprotected chair shot, his brain scrambled. They, yes. they, they, they were vicious. Yeah. There was another, there was another point too, where Vader's got Cactus in the corner and he's throwing punches and man, it's just live rounds. Ain't no other way oh. to put it. Oh, Oh, he was going. He bent the fucking knuckles down, dude. He had the thumb. Man, he had the fucking full combat fist in his fucking back of his head, dude. And you could hear the smacks and shit. And then let's not let's not forget that chair they kept using was like rusty and shit. 
Okay, yeah. that looks like that old chair in like the fucking gymnasium in PE, dude. Like that shit has been there since 1930, dude. Segregation times. You it, know it what I'm saying? The shit. But they, they, it was beat the shit. And after that, like I said, they, he's got cactus in the corner. And he's just throwing. Round, dude. Just, he's just. Shoo, 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 so just wait, wait, it, it, it's funny. We're saying, you look at what we're saying and all this shit, right? These motherfuckers today with these internet marks and shit are worried about a botched fucking potato shot with the fucking chair. Yet again, it was gruesome. But this shit right here, dude. Oh, oh he's see, like that's in a fucking face. It's like two hours, thirty-four minutes, and about forty seconds. Yo, fucking Vader, Hall of Fame fist going to this nigga's face. Cactus Jack, he, mankind do love that shit in the WWE minus the Hell in a Cell shit was nothing compared to the shit he had with Vader. He, he was the way he was punching Cactus w w was a crime. I mean, he, he he was assaulting this man. Now, now in Cactus's defense, you know, when it was time to give it back, he gave it back and he hit him with a belly to back on the ramp, and they were just they were just slugging oh, it out. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but dude. but uh, let me ask you a question. <laughs> you said you said that it uh, it disappointed you there. Why why did you feel that way when you were there? Because because yet again, okay. And this is the folly of this match right here, because they didn't explain what a Texas death match was. You Not know, true. they kind of just made it up as it goes. And I, I swear to you, there was promos where it was like he added like false count anywhere. That makes sense. As a kid, that makes sense to me. It's saying, oh, false count anywhere. Ain't no disqualification. Oh, shit, son. Shit's going to pop the fuck off. All right. I'm talking like Chernobyl. All right. It's just going to pop off radioactive three mile hour. It's going the distance. All right. And all of a sudden it's Texas Deathmatch. Then all of a sudden it they don't really explain. It. So I don't know what's going the fuck on. You know, gotcha. now, you, you, were, dudes, you were there. Yeah, you were there yeah, live, but had no idea what the rules were. Right. Right. Now, if I if I was older and more not or if I knew of places where they regularly did that shit, then it was like, oh, OK. But it's like, OK, I don't know what that is. Why is this so bad? OK. And then I was looking at this stuff. and I was like, oh, so is it still falls kind of anywhere? My uncle had to explain it to me. I got you know, you. and okay. then even my uncle said they fucking it up because this this is a fucked up Texas death match. You know, did you notice they were like fucking up the time? Did you notice like the timekeeper was like, all right, there's like seven seconds, seven, six, five, four. Right. You when know? they would go and down then, and you're supposed to get 30 point, seconds. Right. And then my uncle was saying, wait a second, he's not to his feet. Because he was like, you're supposed to get to your feet in a Texas death match. You're not supposed to just be on your knees and shit. Gotcha. Okay. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. That makes sense. I was wondering what you didn't like about it. So that makes sense uh, now that I think about it. See, I, I by this point, I knew what a Texas death match was. So I felt like, uh, yeah, so I see what you're saying. Yeah, because they would knock him out and they wouldn't get back up for 30 yeah. seconds. And then they would finally, you know, they, they're counting, but he's still out cold. Caxes, good Lord, Cactus must have needed stitches above his left eye because the way he was bleeding. But yeah, these dude. two some bitches yeah, killed dude. each other. 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Oh, I would like to want okay, people, if y'all go to 23740, dude, if y'all look at that and then look at the empty fucking section of seats in that goddamn arena. Like, I didn't even know that. Like, bruh. <laughs> Nobody gave shit about WCW except us real marks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm saying? Like, yeah, no. But I thought, okay, so when they did that little that that move where they went in the stage and the little cemetery shit, I thought they was dead, bro. I thought they was dead. Yeah. All right. And they both got out, you dog. Cactus's eye, dude. Like, I remember that sick. I thought somebody, and I still thought somebody was gonna die. Because then when Vader came out, I was like, oh shit, somebody gonna die. These motherfuckers is killing each other, right? Because I don't know what gigging and juicing and juicing hard way and shit is. The nigga still bleeding. He's still bleeding. You know, my mom used to say, yo, well, it's fake because they got blood patches. You know, now I tell her no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, man. They, they, they were going at it, man, and they busted each other open. Well, I mean, you know, obviously they juiced themselves, but it was it was pretty intense, man, for the longest. And it you, was you, these these two guys. Let's be, man. They they killed each other. They really did. I understand they not did. knowing the rules and not understanding what was going on, but they they went after each other. Cactus and, and Vader they murdered each other on this night. And this is why, you know, yet again, I love this match just from a purely nostalgic feel of it. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of sentimental value to me because, yet again, this is my first pay-per-view. My uncle brought me. I love him to death, you know. I mean, and he's a true pimp in the pimp game, you know what I'm saying? But I, yeah. as a doctor... As a doctor who who cares about people's lives, and I have to look long term at shit, and I see how Mick Foley is now, it, it it just kills me that he had to do that, you know. And it just I don't know if it says something about our culture, but fuck, like I hate that these dudes have to do it, and that's why I'm hard on these new guys. It's just like if y'all just did fucking psychology where every punch matters. Every move matters, you know. Well, see, like, you know how, Omega, if I go ahead, you know, you, well, I was gonna say, you know, how like you look back at the 90s now and you see like the unprotected chair shots to the head, yeah. and it makes you cringe, and you're like, damn, man, like, how bad was that for human for the human brain and skull and all that? I, I feel like sometimes. And you you can talk to me as a medical professional. I feel like sometimes when we watch these guys take these apron spots on the edge, oh. that's going to oh. be 20 years from now, we're going to be like, these sons of bitches were just killing themselves. And yes. it was the same as the chair shot yes. to the head, just a little different. Yeah. And, and guys, and, and yet again, I, oof. And it, like even to this day, and I'll and I'll reveal this self about me because I, I guess that's good podcasting, you know. When I was playing high school football, there's a lot of times I I fucking browned out. Like I I saw stars and I had to sit down. And that was the days where the hog mollies just shut the fuck up and you block for the fucking running back. You know what I'm saying? Plus I did martial arts. Like a lot of times I got my bell rung and. And I've had effects to this day from it, you know, 
And I look at this stuff and I look at, oh my God. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm really fucking drunk. I totally forgot what you told me. <laughs> you were talking about, you were saying, I was going on a stuff. good tangent too. I was going on, I think I was going on something that was inspirational, but it, it absolutely failed. What? No, no, you were, you were, you were talking about it. You were basically going down the path of, you know, watching the guys basically scramble their brains back in the day, and now all of yeah. a sudden they're taking these apron spots, and you're just like, damn, man, they're just. We we themselves. haven't right. We haven't progressed, but and and the thing is, a lot of these, a lot of fans are gonna sit there and look at it from the eyes of like what culture and cultaholic and Dave Meltzer and the torch. None and none against those guys, but. The things they're focusing on don't make any sense at all, you know, and and looking at these guys scrambling their brains here. And I feel like we're kind of getting to a point where we're getting to that, you know, where you have to do so many moves that are so insane, like on a video game. One after the other after the other. And then you get tired and there's going to be that one time where the guy really does going on the crown of his head and fucking paralyzes himself. Steve Austin style, you know, reverse pile driver, Owen Hart. Like that shit is brutal. You know, I, I, I cannot, I, I hear you. I cannot look at that. Cause I remember, I mean, cause wasn't that a SummerSlam? Cause I remember seeing that and just cringing to this day. Like I saw it recently and I was like, Oh, like I know everything that could have gone wrong in that moment, you know. And I'll tell you this: um, I was at WrestleMania 30. You know, that was actually the first WrestleMania. Me and my best friends, who were both were huge wrestling fans, and we went to WrestleMania 30 in our hometown. And during the match, okay, and to give everybody a glimpse, okay, I look like the Undertaker guy. I'm not the Undertaker guy, but I look like the Undertaker guy. Uh, um, <laughs> I saw when the Undertaker got asked, and actually it was beyond being concussed. And it was really early in the match. And, and my friend was like, whoa, what's wrong with you? Because I was really fucking concerned, you know, because I stood up and, and I was like, fuck, something's wrong with this dude, you know? Because I saw the impact on the back of his fucking head, you know? And so, like, when, when I watched AEW, like, during that pre-show, when, old oh boy, that, that Shane McMahon-ish match or whatever, when, old oh boy, landing on the fucking top of his head, or even in the Young Buck show, when the guy fucking broke his fall, but he was acting like it hit the crown of his head, I'm like, God damn, do we really need to be at that point where Jake Roberts can just walk out, do a DDT that looks halfway dumb, fucking get over? Man, we as wrestling fans need to step the fuck back and just let them do what they do. You know? Like, I, I Mike, totally I money, agree. Right, Mike? I pay money because I pay money to y'all with no problem every month because you know what? Y'all the only people that do what you do so well. So I'm paying you to do what you can do. And you're going to keep doing what you do. Because guess what? You're doing it so well. And all of a sudden, I'm not going to dictate how you do your show. Yeah. You know? Let me meet. I'm just going to be a fan. Don't let me dictate what the fuck you're doing. But all these motherfuckers who are saying, 
like uh, New Japan is great, AEW is great, Ring of Honor is great, and like NXT is great. But it, you know, when I look at it, it's great for a different reason. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. NXT is phenomenal. Like I'm at the point I used to pay money for WrestleMania. I'm only going to NXT sh- shows. Why? Because they're storytelling. You know, they're storytelling. I fucking hated Tommaso Ciampa and fuck that dude. I still hated him, but damn, when his neck broke and shit and they did the little puppies, I was like, God damn, bro, that dude is just, he was just corrupted a little bit. That boy just wanted to hustle. He just wanted to be champion. I understand that. You know? Uh, yeah, no, NXT does a good job of storytelling. I will say yeah, it's that. just storytelling and that's all we got to do and you ain't got to do much, Right? Like Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. They could have cut out about one third of the shit they did. I'd have still marked out the same. <laughs> and anybody who says they wouldn't is a fucking liar. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's a fucking sometime, liar. Sometimes you don't, less is more is the, the old less saying that more. they used to always say. Less is more. I will say this with Cactus Invader. Uh, they definitely didn't do less as it pertains to uh, shit, human no. brutality. Uh, actually, Cactus gets tased. Vader ends Tased. up winning. Yo, uh, and Harley Race, <laughs> he was he was teasing that the whole fucking match. Right. And he was just like, <laughs> and they were like, what the fuck is that? They didn't even know what a taser was. Right, right. You know, nobody knew what a taser it. was. All right. He kept, he kept teasing it. But um, disrespectfully, classy Marky Blassie, as we, we start to wind down because Cactus did lose, Vader did win. Any other thoughts on this match before we uh, wrap up this pay-per-view? Man, okay. Y'all see how they came around Cactus and shit after this match? That was more medical attention than Cody Rhodes got over the weekend. Y'all should know it's a fucking work. I'm just telling y'all. All right, you fucking internet marks. I'm healing out right quick, okay? I'm talking. I'm healing out. Flair right quick. You know what I'm saying? Self Rollins after the knee healing out. Alright? Like, y'all don't know what the fuck y'all's talking about. Them niggas had y'all talking about a goddamn chair shot for the rest of the fucking weekend and week to this point. You know? <laughs> fuck. I love this pay-per-view, though. I ain't gonna lie. I love this pay-per-view just because it was just so sentimental to me. I love uh, wrestling shows in New Orleans. I love my city. And goddamn, that was an awesome fucking main event, though. Even though I wanted it falls count anywhere, goddamn it, I was in it to it the whole time. And then that, yo, my uncle boy, straight pimping. Because he dropped my ass off, right? He dropped my ass off, and he was like, Mark, I'm going to come in the house. Yo, don't wake up your mom. Let me holler at, Let me get on your phone right quick. That dude was making transactions and getting pussy one of the two or both. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this was uh i will say this there was parts of this pay-per-view that were not memorable but uh cactus and vader beat the piss out of each other um you know there's definitely cte going on with cactus for sure by the end of this thing but man Mm -hmm. there were some there were definitely some good matches in this and uh you know part of it was a hard watch but uh not all of it man it was uh good to go lane from 1993 so I yes. uh, I had a good time. Let me ask you this. Did you have a good time doing this episode? I did. I did. And guess what? If you wanted 
do what I'm doing right now. If you want to be like disrespectfully classy, Marky Blassy all over the internet, you know, you can hit on this episode all you want, but I'm not going to pay attention to you because I am who I am and you are who you are. Okay, you ain't doing what I'm doing because I do a lot before fucking 12 o'clock every day. So guess what? <laughs> this was a fun time. If y'all want to get on this, if y'all want to donate, patronage, all that stuff, throw your money in something that is going to hit every fucking week. All right, going to hit every week, make your life better, put some money in the Book in the Territory podcast, like your boy Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie. And then you can be Disrespectfully Classy just like me. I hear you, man. Well, uh, Disrespectfully Classy, I'm about to hit the go-home cue, as Steve Austin would always say. Uh, This was a lot of fun. It was great doing an episode with you, chatting up about Halloween Havoc 1993, where Vader ends up defeating Cactus Jack in the main event in a brutal Texas death match. So uh, and remember, thank you again. And remember, it's, it's Halloween Havoc 1993 colon Tony Schiavone don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, disrespectfully classy, do me a favor. Hit Harper's tagline and I'm going to hit the stop button on this recorder and you hang tight. I'll chat with you once, we're, once I hit stop. Alright, well you could just boogie, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>